Hello, Texans, and welcome to the podcast. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays, as it's a strange week. I have to admit it. It's a very strange week. We're all living through Omicron, coronavirus part seven, whatever this is, and there's an NFL season going on, and you see a lot of new players. I mean, last week, I'm calling the game, and Chris Smith, household name Chris Smith, comes up with a huge play at Jacksonville, and this guy was drafted by the Jaguars, and he's an addition during the season, and really not a COVID addition, okay? He came in before that, but pressed into duty because of all the issues, and just wait for Sunday. I mean, I would set it up for you right now, but there are a lot of things still in play as I record this podcast as far as bodies you're going to see out there on Sunday. And Coach Cully, I thought he was great on Friday during his press conference saying, we're playing Sunday. We're playing Sunday. No doubt about it. Now, look, there could be another wave. I don't know. But he was very confident that they're going to get this game in. And luckily for the Texans, they don't have issues at the quarterback position. Knock wood, knock on, whatever you can knock on right now. They don't have COVID issues at quarterback because when you have those, Cleveland, when you have those, it's obviously a big, big problem. So they don't have that to deal with. As of right this second, and I'm hoping that doesn't come into play. And to make matters tougher, if they did, Jeff Driscoll, who converted to tight end, got hurt last week in the Jacksonville game, so even he would be not available to help out at the quarterback spot. But let's not even go there. We don't have to give that energy right now. Let's give this energy. The Chargers visiting with Justin Herbert. Now, I wrote about this this week. This franchise is interesting to me. I'm going to get personal right here. We all fell in love with football for various reasons. And the Texans are only 20 years old, so we all fell in love with different teams, Who those of us who are a lot older than 20, uh, to start out our love for professional football. And for me, I was living in the Northeast, but when I fell in love with professional football, the team that got me to really enjoy the sport at a fever pitch, passionate level was the San Diego Chargers and the Air Coriel Chargers. I don't care about the Chargers now. I want to be very clear on this. Like I hate everybody other than the Texans in a healthy sports way, right? You know this. You've heard me talk about this before. So I kind of like their uniforms. I do. I like the powder blues. I really do. But I'm not into that team. I'm into the Houston Texans. However, the team I really liked back in the early 80s was special. Air Coriel, they had Dan Fouts pulling the trigger. This was not a flashy kind of quarterback, but he put up super flashy numbers. Fouts made the 300-yard game routine. He made it a thing in the NFL. 300 yards, it's not like no one else had ever done it before, but Fouts was the first guy to do it on a regular basis. I'll give you an example here. The Chargers offense back in those days, over an eight-year period, finished first five times. Five times out of eight, they were first in the league, and the other three, no worse than fifth. That has never been done before or since in the history of this league. I'm not going to look up the Decatur Staley's in the 20s or whatever, okay? But let's not let's not go there. Super Bowl era. You want to say that? Even pre-Super Bowl era. Not even close. Nobody. Nada. That is unbelievable offensive production. Kellen Winslow Sr., the tight end. Charlie Joyner, wide receiver. John Jefferson later giving way to West Chandler. Chuck Muncie running the ball. You had James Brooks in the backfield as well. Thunder and lightning. Look, this team was super-duper loaded with offensive talent, and Fouts was the guy playing quarterback. They never made it to a Super Bowl. They 
made it to two AFC Championship games. One of their playoff appearances was derailed in 1979 by the Oilers. That famous game where the Oilers were all banged up, quarterback, running back, best wide receiver, all out for the Oilers. Giff Nielsen, Rob Carpenter, they go up there and win a playoff game. Unbelievable. And Fouts threw four picks that day. So you understand what we're talking about. Vernon Perry picked off those four Fouts passes. Anyway, or he at least had two of them. i got to look that up. I'm sorry I don't have that available for the podcast right now. But that was really phenomenal stuff that day by the Houston Oilers. But anyway, the Chargers were great on offense. They just never got to a Super Bowl. Defensively, they were not that good. Uh, But I really enjoyed that football team. And then I just stopped rooting for them because Fouts retired. History changed. I didn't care about them anymore. They're a proud quarterback franchise, though, because they would give way later on to Drew Brees, who the Texans faced second game in Houston Texans history at San Diego, David Carr versus Drew Brees. I wrote about this. Rookie quarterback for the Texans, second-year hotshot QB for the Chargers. And that's what you have this year. Rookie quarterback for the Texans, second-year hotshot QB for the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Anyway, Brees was playing for them and pretty well, but... They wanted to go in another direction. He had a bad year, so in 04, 03 was a terrible year for them. 04, they draft Phillip Rivers. They actually draft Eli Manning, but they did the switcheroo with the Giants, and they got Phillip Rivers. And Breeze is still there. They're going to have Rivers watch. 2004 opening day here at NRG Stadium, San Diego comes calling, and Breeze wins the game. That game is best remembered for the lights going out at NRG Stadium in the second half. That's right. All the power went off. The booth went out. Everything went off. All the electricity went out for a few moments. I don't know exactly how long it was. I think it was less than a minute, but it felt like forever, and it felt like the world stopped. Anyway, the Chargers won that game. Breeze had a terrific year at 04 and 05, but but because they're going to make way for Rivers, who they drafted so high, and Breeze is a free agent. He famously ends up in New Orleans. The rest is history. It's funny because the Dolphins come into play historically twice here with these Charger QB decisions, right? Because with the drafting of Rivers and Breeze ultimately being available, the Dolphins could have signed Breeze as a free agent possibly, but they went with Dante Culpepper. Breeze ends up in New Orleans, becomes the all-time leading passer. I know the record has since been broken, but he puts up unbelievable astronomical numbers and goes to a Super Bowl and wins it and goes to numerous NFC Championship games, has a Hall of Fame career, of course, and Dante Culpepper not really in Miami. Now, Justin Herbert. Drafted in the same draft as Tua, right? So the Dolphins could have had him. They could have had Breeze. They pass on both guys, and uh, we'll see what happens with Tua. You know who they were rumored to be wanting to trade for uh, prior to the trade deadline. That didn't happen. Stay tuned in the offseason. We'll keep you up to date. The Dolphins are currently on a hot streak. How about that? Texans 1-7, Dolphins 1-7. Since then, the Dolphins have won six in a row. Texans have picked up a couple of wins along the way and look better. So we'll see what happens this Sunday against the Chargers. Now, the Chargers have COVID issues as well, but not nearly to the degree of the Houston Texans. So we'll see how it all plays out. I think that last week's success certainly helps the Texans as far as, hey, we know we can do this. We pulled together and won a game on the road in the rain with a lot of new bodies out there learning the system, doing whatever they need to do to pull out a victory. So this week, can they do it again? 
because it's even tougher this week with the amount of bodies they have out. Offensive line, defensive line in particular, secondary, you name it, there are issues all over the place. Hey, I'm here for it. Let's see what happens at NRG Stadium the day after Christmas. Now, obviously the Omicron variant is affecting the National Football League, but life itself, right? I mean, numerous offices, businesses, flights, you name it. And as I'm recording this, things are probably happening as we speak. So we'll see what happens. And there's no playoffs for the Houston Texans, but I'm eager to see what happens with the NFL and this variant and the effect it's having on all these rosters as some of these teams are limping into the finish. Cleveland Browns, my goodness, if they have a fuller house, particularly at the quarterback position, they probably beat the Raiders in their last outing, and they have a much better shot down the stretch here. I mean, this is a very talented football team, but good luck Christmas Day at Green Bay trying to pull that one out. The the AFC North is fascinating with everybody bunched in so tight and playing each other of course because that's the way the schedules are set up to play divisional games late in the season although the Texans only have one left that would be against Tennessee in the regular season finale and speaking of the Titans they were winners on Thursday night against San Francisco you were watching the last two opponents of the year for the Texans square off against each other Houston will be at San Francisco next week We'll see what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, the Niners are still alive, but barely. And do they make the QB switch now? I'm wondering why they haven't made it already. I know they've been winning and Garoppolo's been playing okay. uh, But Thursday night did not look good at all in that loss to Tennessee. This is a team that the Texans beat at their place a few weeks ago. So um, the NFL's weird. We all know it. We all see it every single week. All right, one final thing to settle in this mini podcast here is – The question that John Harris and so many radio talk show hosts have brought up and always bring up this time of year, and he brought it up to David Cully, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Cully said no. A lot of you say yes. John McClane, who's the name of the character in Die Hard, of course, but also the Houston Chronicle, the general, the writer, uh, like you needed me to tell you who John McClane is. Anyway, McClane said, well... It starts with Christmas. The whole premise is based on a Christmas party, so it's a Christmas movie. That's not bad logic right there. I don't get the warm and fuzzy Christmas movie feeling from Die Hard. And then it came up in the conversation on Texans All Access Thursday night that John Harris has never seen It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. Some of you listening right now are with him and have never seen that movie. Oh, my gosh. Look, I know it's an old black-and-white movie, but you got to see these movies. These are like American scripture. you got to see this stuff. you got to see It's a Wonderful Life. It's a terrific movie. And if you haven't seen it ever before, you're going to get so much out of it and so many references that people have been saying over the years that you haven't gotten because you haven't seen that movie. So go ahead and see that movie. I'll give you one more here. Actually, I'll give you two more. One of them that I love although some of it is unacceptable right now. I'm not going to get into that topic. But Holiday Inn with Fred Astaire and Bing Crosby, and this is the original movie that featured the song White Christmas. There's also a movie called White Christmas. That's not the one. This is the movie that originated the song White Christmas, and Fred Astaire is just the Michael Jordan of dancing. Uh, It's a really good holiday movie. Uh, There's some things that you wouldn't shoot or show now, and it's probably hard to get now. Okay, 
Let's get into the next one, which is Miracle on 34th Street, which was remade, I guess, in the 90s, maybe the O's, I don't know. A colorized new version. No. See the old one, the black and white 1947 version. Look, my eight-year-old watched it a couple of weeks back and was glued to the screen. Eight years old, black and white movie. So if he can do it, you can do it, okay? He has the, uh, the attention span of a flea. So the fact that he hung in there with this movie speaks volumes. And it's about Chris Kringle, Santa Claus, Macy's, Gimbel's. You know the story. If you don't, see the movie. It's really good. It holds up very well. You know, you have to have some license here. It's a Christmas movie, okay? I like Elf, too, as far as the modern ones go. All right, that's going to do it for our holiday Vanderbeer's View podcast as the Texans take on the Chargers on Sunday at noon at NRG Stadium. Really looking forward to this one as there's always Christmas magic with the Texans in their history, right? I go back to the day after Christmas, Year three at Jacksonville, 40 degrees, wind blowing, really cold day, and the Texans prevailed in their first ever shutout victory. All right? Let's go to 06. These are all off the top of my head. This is what I do. 06, Christmas Eve, Chris Brown, game winning field goal against the Indianapolis Colts as you beat Indy for the first time ever. Ron Dane ran for over a buck 50 in that game, and even though the Texans had a losing season, that day felt like a Super Bowl win. Maybe not quite Super Bowl, but really, really good. Beating the Colts for the first time ever. Let's zoom forward 10 years after that. 2016, it's Christmas Eve, and the Texans take on the Cincinnati Bengals, and Randy Bullock is the kicker for Cincinnati. He kicked Thursday night for the Titans. Anyway, he's the kicker for Cincinnati, and it is not a high-scoring affair. Tom Savage is starting. Alfred Blue running. Blue runs for a touchdown. Texas trying to hang on to a 12-10 lead. Bengals driving late. They set up for a game-winning field goal. Oh, no, the Texans are going to lose. Oh, no, Randy Bullock misses the field goal, and the Texans win the AFC South again. It was awesome. Back-to-back AFC South championships for the Texans and their fourth division title ever. That was a fun night. It was Christmas Eve. I remember going home and putting together all sorts of toys up until about 3 in the morning that night. Anyway, Christmas memories for you. Oh, uh, there was a Christmas Day game with the Pittsburgh Steelers. In 2017, losing season for the Texans, uh, D-Hop had an amazing catch, made a lot of attention, got a lot of attention. Mike Tirico said it was the catch of the year at the time. Uh, That's a memory, uh, but that was a rough day. Uh, That day was fine, though, for this reason. David Quesenberry coming out of the tunnel, playing his first NFL game, and or maybe it was his first start. I think it was his first action, actually, uh, coming back from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Amazing that he's still playing. He's playing for the Titans right now. So there are some Christmas memories for you, and let's hope we make some good ones on Sunday noon. It's live on Sports Radio 610, the Bull 100.3 FM, the Texans app. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Have a great day, and go Texans!